We start off this week's show with a story that probably would have got a lot more play if it wasn't such a chaotic, crazy week of things happening, and that is at number 31 this week. Lori Laughlin sentenced to two months in the college admission scandals. Uh, we got that on Friday, the 21st of August, and that's the story we've been following for quite some time. We know what's happened to other famous people in this college scandal, and we we're just waiting for Uncle, or Aunt Becky to get her day, her and her husband, both sentenced to time in jail. Not a lot of time, but that's, of course, me saying that, not them. Two months in jail for Lori Laughlin coming soon, and we'll get the details as that story progresses. But we won't go into much detail on this one today because this was not one of the top stories per you. You told us this was an okay story at 31 on the list, but not quite big enough for top 10, Quite, quite, not quite bad enough for the bottom at 193. So let's get into the stories that you really want to talk about, and we'll do that in mere moments. The top 10 stories that you said were the most impactful and most conversational over the week. On the weekly wrap-up show with me, Jay Cliven Payne, this is for the week ending August 29th, 2020. And welcome to the show. My name, as I already said, Jay Cleveland Payne. The show, as I also said, weekly wrap-up show. And what it is, it's a wrap-up of the week's news that you basically choose for all of us, yourselves, myself, everything. As part of something called the Conversation Project and the, web, the website, thisistheconversation.com, we've created a site for and a, a mission, if you will, to try to find the most conversational news stories that are from around the world and we choose how their conversations by literally having a conversation well figuratively virtually if you want to we have two accounts on social media that are attached to this project facebook and twitter on facebook look for us at this is the conversation with the blue speech bubble looking thing make sure you set us as a default in your feed so you can see us and the new facebook's kind of weird so i know that's a big thing and for twitter it's th underscore conversation all you have to do is follow us like you follow other things and check in with us as you check in with other things. And as you see the stories we post in your feed from various sources about every 50 minutes or so, engage, like them, love them, hate them, share them, comment to me. The more engagement a story gets, the higher the score comes. And from a trail from Friday to Friday, we take uh, all the scores, all the stories, all the numbers, and we put them in a spreadsheet that weighs out the differences to give you a total score. And from that total score, we have rankings from top to bottom. Number one is the top, and the bottom this week is 193. We have 193 distinct different stories to that we went through. We're only going to talk about 17 of them. One in the T's, and in just a moment, we'll go through the top 10 stories from 10 to 1. The stories you said were the highest ranking, the most conversational of the week. In our second segment, we'll go into stories that were not quite there, really out of range as stories from number 11 through 15, but for context of what did not quite make it. And in our third segment, we go through our errors, our missions, our apologies, our explanations. We kind of go through the details of how things work out. Every so often, there are weird math issues that we have to discuss, and we'll do them there. We'll also talk about what we call the almost relevant story of the week. That story is the very bottom of the list, and it's usually a late story. This week is not a late story, and I will give you a bit of a tease on this one. It's one that um, got absolutely no response, and I'm completely, completely floored because I was almost positive that this one would be in the 15. It is not, but we're talking about it anyway, but at the very, very end because no one seemed to care, which is 
also kind of sad. So we'll get to all those in a moment. But first, let's get to the ones that count. I want to remind you, you can email us at the conversation inbox at gmail.com. That's the conversation inbox at gmail.com. And you can uh, comment on basically anything about this show, anything about the website, anything about the project. And if you want to help us out in the project and be a sponsor, be a partner, help us get things going, keep things going, check out this is a conversation.com slash partnerships. We'll talk more about that in just a moment. Now let's get on to the countdown and number 10, starting off things with a story that we posted on Tuesday, the 25th of August. This story gets what we call a bump in response. That means it is more responsive. More people were into the story than the last story. That story, of course, obviously in 11 that did not get any play. And here is your headline. Hot 97 fires Patty Duke after Doc reveals alleged ties to mob that killed Yusuf Hawkins. This is a story that you'll need to go click on the link and, and get deeper details into. The links, uh, the story source came from Complex.com, and so you need to go actually go deeper into this one. This is one, even though I am really big on radio, really big on media in general, but radio specifically, this is one because it's a big New York market, it's a big market, it's not necessarily my radar, but it's a big enough story that a lot of folks tagged on to it for it's a number 10 story. Now, Patty Duke is a DJ who lives in New York, but a recent documentary came out on Yusuf Hawkins that showed that he had some actual ties to the actual uh, murder that happened. And because of that, because of these times you are in, the radio station pretty much dropped him in Hot 97, dropped him like he was hot in that case. This is a more complex, pun intended, story than it is in just a headline, but it's really something that's a regional thing, and apparently we were big enough in the region to pick this one up for you guys, having this one be a top ten story. It's an interesting story, though, so if you're into media and into true crime type stuff, this is a story you need to click onto and check it out. Like we say, all the stories, actually every single story we talk about in this podcast is going to be linked at our website. Go to this is the conversation.com. Click the link for this week's podcast, and it is for the week ending August 29, 2020. We'll have all of these lists. Plus, we'll actually have a separate page that links to every single story that we have covered. We do that for you just to see the transparency in the conversation, how things go. So you can check that out and all of them out, literally all of them out on your own time. Right now, let's keep it together for the class and go to story at number nine. This story has the headline of New York AG seeks to depose Eric Trump in investigation of Trump finances. Monday, the 24th of August, is the day we posted this one, and this gets a bumper response from the 10 story of 16.19%. Eric Trump, the middle son of the Trump clan, the main Trump clan, uh, so he's, he's the, he's, and he's the middle son anyway because Barron is now the youngest son, uh, it may be deposed by the New York's AG office because they want to talk about the finances of the Trump foundations, something about them not doing things right. And because Eric Trump essentially is one of the trustees of the Trump foundation, while Donald Trump is the president, they want to talk to him. This is not the first time they've actually tried to depose him. It's the first time they're trying to force him to be deposed. Uh, they're trying to actually compel him to do it because they've asked him nicely, and he said no. And he said no not so nicely, to be honest. So we'll see what's going to happen with this one. This is a story that, once again, may be regional and may have had more play if it wasn't convention time. Actually, probably got play because it was convention time, posted so early into the week, and then the convention and then all the other craziness happened 
to overturn the week in its attention. So this may have gotten more play and, and maybe gotten more spinoffs into it. But as far as we have here, we posted this initial link on the AG uh, going for Trump's finances by going for Eric Trump. We'll see if he is compelled to be disposed and see what happens from that. Here's a story that lasted quite a long time, and I'm amazed that it, I'm not amazed that it made it so long, but I was amazed at how high it popped up so quickly, and it had to, to stick out the week. Posted on Sunday, the 23rd of August, the headline is, Luka Doncic becomes youngest player to record a 40-point playoff triple-double as Dallas stuns the Clippers in Game 4. This story gets a bump in response from the number 9 story of 6.56%. This is a story that's amazing, and it's one of uh, it's, it's it's the only uh, basketball story for the NBA that you know, we have in the top ten. We have one in the top fifteen that's linked to something here, and we'll explain that in quite a bit. But right now, if you didn't know it, the NBA is going on, and some people are boycotting the NBA because they've gotten very political lately which is pretty obvious and they're also just kind of not ready for it with the way it got blacked off and most people because they're playing games at 1:30 in the afternoon are missing most of them right now they're in the playoffs and they're playing the playoffs very very fast in their nba bubble and this was an amazing act an amazing game if you got a chance to see it or at least some highlights and this is a young man who uh, a european guy who was playing like he's been playing in the streets of chicago all his lifetime like he like he was basically ba- he's the baby jordan we've been waiting for luka doncic uh, scored an amazing amount of points uh, to uh, go to overtime and had the dallas mavericks stun the la clippers in game 4 to keep the hopes alive also uh, made a, a magical number because he was he's the youngest player to do a 40-point playoff. Um, few people, like guys like Michael Jordan, you may have heard of that guy doing things like that. And the biggest thing about it was he was almost scratched because he got a bump, a big injury, a big bump. Not, I guess it wasn't too big injury he played in the game pre- prior, in game three, where he did amazing things there as well. This is a guy that you need to keep watch for because if he keeps playing well like this and he stays in Dallas, this may keep Mark Cuban out of politics because Mark Cuban has, has warned, threatened, teased about running for president a few times. Because basically anybody at this point can do it. Uh, if Cuban has teams with players like this, he finds the European players that have all the magic. This may keep him out of politics. Although that might not be such a good thing the way politics is going. Your mileage may vary. If you want to comment on that one or comment on my comments, email me at theconversationinbox at gmail.com and we'll talk about it. The number seven story is the top story on Facebook this week. Now, as we said in the explanation, we get our way in our, our scores from the responses on Facebook and Twitter. Facebook, not necessarily the, the powerhouse as Twitter is, but Facebook does determine with enough numbers can move things back and forth. And this story gets moved into the number seven spot because of its massive Facebook response. And this is one that I'm surprised is here, but it's one that tells a tale of the pandemic, believe it or not. And the headline is, Papa John's sales skyrocket as pizza chain adds bizarre new menu items to triumph over rivals during pandemic. Business Insider, because it's business, gave us a story. We posted it on Wednesday, the 26th of August. A bump in response from the number eight story of just 0.77%. Now, this is a very simple story, so it does not need to go into very much detail. 
everybody is ordering out or ordering pickup and carry out because you can't go to very many restaurants right now and it's just is what it is and because of panic and people needing cheaper food a lot of fast food places are really really thriving right now papa john's is piece of the pie itself is increased by about 22 percent since this time last year and a lot of it's going to you call it the blame or call it the, the credit of some of the offerings they have going on out there and a lot of change in management of course the original papa john is no longer part of the company that's a story a crazy story we can talk about later uh they're doing a lot of prominent placement of Shaq as a product and Shaq as a spokesman Shaq Shaquille O'Neal is a big time investor he's now part of the board and owns like a handful of uh, uh, Papa John's all over the place because he's smart with his money and one of the actual things that they're selling a lot of is a pizza call uh the 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 Shaq spectacular pizza uh it's basically the it's a big the shakaroni it's a big pizza with a lot of pepperoni and it's named after shack so there you go also they're selling more of their papadillas which are essentially pizzas folded in half small pizzas folded in half to turn into sandwiches and that is a big deal for what's going on for their bottom line uh, um, papa john's every, basically all pizza places are seeing an increase because of pandemic life but papa john's is seeing a great increase in this write-up for our business insider is a good one on how to take advantage of timing to make things work out for you especially when things don't look so great as you are right now check out the link to that story or any story we talk about at this is conversation.com so the story at number six and this is where we get a little dicey and get a little explanation the story at six and five are tied in and related and they're separated because they are technically two different stories with the same title the same point number six reads like this as a headline tropical storm laura forms national hurricane center expects two tropical storms in gulf of mexico soon we posted this one on friday the 21st of august so this one lasted quite a bit while people have been watching this story for a few about a week prior as they're looking at some storms in the area that they expect to be tropical depressions then tropical storms and hurricanes all the talk about 2020 being weird was the fact that tropical storm and then hurricane marco would form tropical storm then hurricane laura would would form and they would hit basically the texas louisiana border about a, a day apart from each other more or less maybe 18 hours apart from each other and cause even the memes about the weird phenomenon where two hurricanes come together and cause this weird thing. There's a lot of talk on that end. What happened was Marco moved a lot faster than we get that we thought it would, and then Marco fizzled out to for the most part. Laura moved a little slower, and then when it got there, picked up a lot of pace, almost hit the coast of Louisiana as a category five. We'll talk more about that literally in just a moment, uh, but. For a while, we were expecting a double whammy of hurricanes hitting the Gulf Coast this week. Uh, we basically had to wait out the week to see what would happen, and we saw. We'll talk about that literally next. The story, by the way, I got a bumper response from the number seven story of 5.34%. Getting a bumper response from the sixth story of 5.8% and being posted on Thursday, the 27th of August, is this headline. Hurricane Laura makes landfall in southwest Louisiana near Texas border as catastrophic Category 4 storm. We pulled this the story from USA Today, but obviously it was everywhere. And this is where we talk about Laura being a hurricane and the actual damage 
that it caused. Now, the oddity about this is, looking forward, what's left of Laura is right now giving a lot of grief to people on the eastern seaboard and in the Washington, D.C. area moving up towards New York. It's a lot of rain. It's a lot of storms. It's no longer a hurricane, tropical storm. But the whole thing made its way up the Gulf of Mexico, over the island areas, in the Caribbean, into the Gulf, over the island of the Caribbeans, into the Gulf, hit land in Louisiana about 1 a.m. on Thursday morning, uh, went through into the state, Told because that because of the space where it hit, if it hit further west around the Texas area, um, it would have probably lost a lot, a lot less, lost a lot more energy earlier because a lot of that is beaches. Because it's a lot of it is marsh and swamp in that part of Louisiana where it hit, it didn't slow itself down. In fact, it almost hit as a five, as I said earlier. Picked up a little bit of pace, had plenty of wind, not a lot of water, though, and was able to tear up Lake Charles, Louisiana pretty badly and do a lot of damage going up through Louisiana. Now, the oddity was I live in Arkansas. We were waiting for a literally a possible Category 1 hurricane to come through central Arkansas. Luckily, it was broken down to tropical depression by that point, and for the most part, it broke up and was basically heavy rain as it made its way through Arkansas. It from from Arkansas on, it essentially caused a few tornadoes here or there, caused damage in various places, but didn't have the full storm strength as it did when it hit the coast of Louisiana. Now we are looking at, I believe, the 15 year anniversary of Katrina, and and, and big anniversaries and big reminders of some very large storms and a storm a storm season this year that they believe will run out of letters and may get all the way to um, gamma. Once they run through the alphabet, the English alphabet, the or against what do you call the the ABCs alphabet, they go to the Greek alphabet, and they believe they may get all the way to gamma with the number of named storms this year. This is not going to be my speech on climate change, but we got a lot of storms coming through. It is August, almost September, and this was storm number L. So you've got to be very wary of what's going on in this season. Very serious uh, damage being taken care of. We put our thoughts and prayers to the folks who are dealing with the aftermath of this stuff. My parents are actually dealing with it. Didn't get a lot of storm damage, but as you said, it was a fairly windy type of storm, and they live in the northern parts of Louisiana, and they've been without power for a couple days, and that's just without the serious damage that they had in Lake Charles, where many places were destroyed, including a chemical plant that, um, because of some issues, caught fire. We'll be keeping an eye on the aftermath of this. President Trump went and visited the, the area a few days ago uh, to check out, make sure things were okay, because that's what he's supposed to do. And they'll, de- they'll get taken care of, hopefully fairly quickly. Let's keep moving, though. We're moving to the story at number four this week. This is one that took a little bit of explanation, a little bit of uh, it's a little, uh, little bit of uh, trickery in the headline that makes it more interesting than it than it than it is. Although it's pretty interesting, Washington Nationals fire employee for throwing coffee at woman. ESPN had the story on this one. It was posted on Monday, the twenty fourth of August. He gets a bumper response of seventy. Uh, I'm sorry, of point nine three percent from the number five story. I read the wrong column there for a second. And the oddity part of this one is, because we are so starved for sports, this looked like this was a sports story that would be pretty big. What it is, the National fired an employee that worked at its Dominican Republic Academy for throwing coffee on an employee. So it wasn't like they they, they fired somebody 
and Washington. They fired somebody in the Caribbean running one of the academies uh, that basically farms out players for the teams. Now, we'll see what real aftermath is in this thing. I think this was just an oddity where people saw the headline, saw thought it was something bigger. ESPN kind of made a big deal about it, and then people read it and figured out what was going on. You can read deeper into this one. The story is pretty it's, – it's, it's it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad the, uh, what the situation is in, in itself. So this should not have happened. That is the truth, but it's not quite as high profile as the headline may, may, may make you believe. You want to see it for yourself? Check out the link at our website. At number three this week, the mystery in North Korea continues, and we got a big piece of it on Sunday, the 23rd of August. Bumper response of 6.45% to this story, where the headline is, Kim Jong-un reportedly in coma as his sister Kim Yo-jung takes control. Now, we don't know a lot about this story, and we don't know a lot about North Korea, and we don't know a lot about what's going on with Kim Jong-un right now because he's not been seen. Last seen, I believe, when we had the thought that he was ill, and then he arrived at the fertilizer plant. I think that's the last time we've seen him in public. Right now, the rumors that are in the area are that he is in a coma. He is not well, and that his sister is looking to take over and is right now consolidating power and getting things done. In fact, his sister essentially has not been seen uh, later in the week, in a few, a few days from the actual recording of this recording, that because she is supposedly garnering power. The nation of North Korea is an enigma. We will probably never know what is going on in that place. That's the bulk of it. Uh, that's just so weird and why it is so weird. And so anything that comes out of that place is something that's interesting. This is interesting mainly because it may be a whole nother regime change, which may be a whole nother devil we have to deal with. And you know what's saying, do you want to go with the devil you know or devil you don't? Right now, we kind of know Kim and Jong-un for a lot of reasons. Some of them not even great reasons, but a lot of reasons we know him. We don't know much about this sister. We'll see if we'll have to learn more about her fairly soon at number two this is a story that uh overtook the entire week in basically every single headline every single angle every single thought process headline white kenosha wisconsin cop shoots unarmed black man seven times tmz is our source for this one sunday the 23rd the day we happened a bump in response of 54.11 percent uh, on that one and this is a story that if you've seen any mainstream news or any fringe news or any news or literally picked up a rock and talked to someone, someone has an opinion, someone has some thoughts, someone has thought about this, someone has posted something on their timelines about this. This is a story about uh, Jacob Blake. Jacob Blake uh, from the original video, which brought about all of this, all, all, all the hoopla about this, uh, we saw about 13 seconds of video of Jacob Blake walking around his car, going into his car, police officers with guns pointed at them, one of them grabbing his shirt, trying to restrain him, and then in most cases, the video stops, people don't see the part, where officers fire seven shots at him in his back as he's getting into his car. And that's what we know as fact. Later on, we found the different angles of more or less the same thing, of Blake walking around, getting in his car, and being shot. The stories around the issues have gone a complete word gambit. When we initially heard about this shooting, 
what we heard about the story was Blake was there to break up a domestic dispute. And then, you know, he and then something happened and he got around and that what happened. It, the story has turned into Blake was not supposed to be there. Cops were called because of Blake. So essentially he was the domestic dispute and he, he uh, assist, resisted arrest. He was tased twice and didn't react to it. Um, he had a knife, he, which they which may which un, unsourced reports said a knife was found in the floorboard of his car. By the way, he had three children in his car, and one of his child children was on his way to a birthday party on that day. The story surrounding this shooting and the incident is a mess, and we're going to. Honestly, we're probably not going to get a clear view of this anytime soon. It is what it is in in the times we got going on right now. It has rocketed the family of Mr. Blake into the spotlight of all the rest of the civil unrest uh, because they have earned it by this trial by fire by what happened to uh, the family member. Mr. Blake, by the way, is currently uh, paralyzed and waist down. We don't know if it's permanent. And, of course, for a while... Even though he could not move because he was a suspect, he was handcuffed to his to his bed, shackled by his, his leg, as reports went. Uh, was part of the stories that went into this is that uh, Blake has warrants out for his arrest uh, for various things, including a domestic battery and maybe even some sort of sexual assault. Uh, we don't know because no one's giving a, a straight answer right now. It literally is. There is no straight answer right now. And, of course, you'll always get two sides to the story. The family saying one thing and the police are saying something else. And somewhere in the middle, there's a truth that hopefully we'll get to at some point in time. But we'll see how times go on this one. This is a very sad story that is developing and it will come up with other stories uh, coming down the line. So we'll we'll revisit this a bit later in the middle stories, in the middle segment, the 11 through 15, because there are some impacted stories on this. Now, the actual top story, we always give it very big fanfare because it's number one and it deserves it. We posted it on Tuesday, the 25th of August. It's the highest rated Twitter story of the week, obviously, because Twitter runs this thing. It gets a bumper response from the number two story of 8.15%. That's the shooting in Kenosha, Wisconsin. A bump response from number 10 story of two of um I'm sorry, 266%. That's the story on Hot 95 firing Patty Duke. And a bump response from the almost relevant story of the week, the very bottom, that's number 193, we'll give you what the headline is in a bit, of 38,400%. And there's a little caveat on that we'll explain back going forward. However, Let's get to the story right now and talk about the big deal that you said was the big deal. Your headline for the number one story this week reads, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War trailer gets censored in China over Tiananmen Square crackdown footage. So, this, in a week with all the things that went on, including conventions and other and civil unrest and things like that, this is a top story, and this is a story that popped up and lasted quite a bit mostly because this was an anticipated story and it came, got, went to a very, very big, very, very big start early on. Now, there are people out there, video gamers, who are very 
or you were just waiting, jonesing for the new Call of Duty. Call of Duty is one of the more popular games out there. You see um, celebrities in the commercials uh, for the game. You see everybody playing, showing, and it's a a truly, although it is a a war game, it is a truly uh, truly a game that brings people together because people enjoy shooting people in video pixels. I guess. Now, the Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War version, uh, this new game coming up, had a trailer come out that people were excited about. And the trailer was basically based on an interview from a former KGB agent kind of talking about the life, the world, how things were going in that time, back in the actual Cold War days, giving sort of an explanation of what things were looked like to give you, put you into the mindset of how the game would play. All these games usually have some sort of scenario, some sort of storyline that has a very deep, detailed background. And this is the background here is literally, literally into the Cold War and Black Ops in the Cold War times. What made this interesting and what made this headline what it was is that there's a small snippet of unrest in Tiananmen Square in China that's shown in the trailer. And just because there's a teeny little bit of that the trailer was banned in China. Now, the game, we'll see what happens if the game is banned in China. Uh, we have done a lot, the the collective we as in the American people who want to make money out of people in China have done a lot and do do a lot, even with our little trade war thing going on right now, uh, to appease the folks in China for various things. And Video games are no exception. In fact, video games may be the, the, the one thing that are always done to appease them. We know we do a lot of things in media because we do things that may offend folks. And we know the new Milan movie, uh, while it's based on Asian culture, people in China apparently aren't all that thrilled about it, even though they used Asian actors in it. For video games, this is not the first time that a video game is, has become an issue for Chinese people. In fact, in many cases, whole video games are rewritten because the initial premise, China being sort of baddish people uh, trying to take over stuff, upsets the baddish people who may want to take over stuff, so we rewrite things. The video game Homefront is a good example of that one, where it was basically written as Invasion by the Chinese, but was changed at the last minute to Invasion by North Korea, and... That was a weird, weird, weird thing on how North Korea would, would pull this off. But they rewrote the whole entire video game to get it out because China wasn't happy that we were calling them the opp oppressors in that game. There you go. But it's the uh, amazing part of what we do to make a buck, to make entertainment and make things work. And that's what's going on for this right now. Whether any gameplay will be changed, we will see down the line. But we know right now the Chinese can't see this particular trailer for Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War because of the maybe couple seconds worth of Tiananmen Square coverage? It is what it is. And this well, this this countdown is what it is. It's done. You decided that was the top story of the week, and if you want more stories like this or you want more stories like other things out there, you have the power because you make the whole thing happen, and it's very, very simple. Go to your Twitter or your Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at TH underscore conversation. Follow us on Facebook at This is the Conversation. Look for the blue speech bubble looking thing and make sure you set us to be a default in your feed so that we can be found in your feed. And we post news stories from various different sources all day long. About every 50 minutes, a new story pops in there. Some of it is breaking big news, some of it is randomish 
type stuff. But we cover, we try to cover all day, all night, so to see what stories actually catch on to things. And sometimes it's unfair when things get posted. We post things uh, before they really gunner a conversation old sort of bent so they don't get a lot of coverage like I would think it would. Or we post something later in the day because other things break that push it back and so things don't get as much run as they would have on earlier times. And sometimes we post the most randomish thing at the most randomish time and because this is what it is, it's 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 based on what you think is conversation and what the world thinks, what social media picks up. Stories like that become the tops. You control the storyline. You control the script. I don't make the script. All I do is fill it up with possibilities. You literally tell me what to talk about every single week. And so you can help us out by doing that. As we said, if you have any issues, comments, questions, email the conversation inbox at gmail.com and we can talk it out there. And you can, of course, see stories, all the stories, links to all the stories by going to this is the conversation.com. And going to the link for this week's podcast, that is, of course, for the week ending August 20 the 9th, 20 the 9th, 29th, 2020. A lot of 20s in there. In just a minute, we will tell you what stories weren't quite good enough. The 11 through 15s are coming up in just a moment here on the weekly wrap-up with Jay Cliffin Payne for the week ending August 29th, 2020. The Conversation Project, this is the conversation.com, the weekly wrap-up. All these things are powered by you. And that means if there's no you, it doesn't happen. The basic part is I need you to listen to a podcast to have a reason to do a podcast. I need the input from people on social media to have the have to meet the details, the script for the podcast. And this is the part where we ask for resources because it takes time, energy, and cash to create podcasts and do things like this so if the product that you're getting right now if you believe it's something that's worth it we would appreciate you helping us out there are very simple ways that you can help us out the basic way is to listen to the podcast share it with others because that way uh there are there are sponsorship opportunities there's commercials in the podcast that allow us to make money off the commercials you can also visit any of our properties, our newsletter, our website, and click on the buttons for any of our sponsors and buy from them. We get a small percentage off of that for referrals. We thank you for that as well. If you want to get deeper involved, it's something that we're doing here is really, really great, you can believe. You can even call it journalism if you want to. Like I call it more anthropology conversation. You can help out by becoming a actual partner with us. Go to this is a conversation dot com slash partnerships. And there are links right there for you to join us as a patron. You can also go to patreon dot com slash this is conversation for that one. There's also a link on the line right there for Kofi dot com, which is a way for you to buy me a coffee. And I should add that link as well. You can also go to buy me a coffee dot com slash Jay Cleveland Payne. And, and you can just basically pay a couple copies worth. You can also do that for a recurring basis as well, if that's something you want to do as well. Help us keep the conversation going and help us keep things so we are a conduit for more conversationalists. As I said, this is powered by you. I thank you profusely for helping keeping this thing going. It's a ragtag uh, type of operation, which is mostly me. And I thank you for 
falling in like with this and just helping us keep it going along. So go to this is the conversation.com slash partnerships and possibly help us by being a partner for the full operation. You've just heard what stories were the most important this week. Here are the stories that were close, but not quite there. We don't go too much into the context into these because they're not in the top 10. But we want you to know just for kind of a general idea of what was going on in the news and what didn't quite make it. Some of these stories are actually pretty impactful, normally one of them in particular this week. But we want to make sure you know what stories were important as well, even if they weren't quite in that range. We think that all the stories we post out there, or most of them, like we said, some of them are kind of cheesy and just kind of fill spaces. But we think all of them have a potential to be something worth having a conversation with. And we don't really know until you guys tell us in the social media. To vote, upvote more stories like these, as we said, go to our social media and like them, love them, hate them, share them, engage with the stories on Twitter and Facebook. Number 11 story this week, yes, Hurricane Laura really did tear down a Confederate monument. BuzzFeed put this one in there and, of course, came in Thursday because that's when the the hurricane hit. This story is a pretty simple one. And with all the talk about all the civil unrest and uh, the continuation of taking down Confederate statues and people actually taking them down physically now during the civil unrest, this is one that just sort of gets an anecdotal sort of eh where a monument, uh, basically in, an obelisk uh, in the middle of town in, Saint Ch- in, in Lake Charles during the massive hit from Hurricane Laura, taking it down throughout the storm damage. We will see what has to be done to basically fix the area and what will be done to replace that monument, whether the monument will be replaced uh, with another monument on Confederate type, whether the same one be rebuilt, whether they'll just clear the space out and make it a parking lot. We won't know much about what's going on in Lake Charles for a couple days as they're clearing things out. But this is one we're going to be keeping an eye on because this is sort of an interesting irony that Laura, the hurricane, decided to tear up the town and in the process tore up a Confederate monument. At number two, Epic confirms Fortnite's new season won't be on iPhone, iPad, or Mac. Wednesday, the 26th, we posted this one, and Epic Games has been going through a mini battle with Apple, or a more major battle with Apple, a mini one apparently with Google, Google Android Alphabet, and just having issues with a new payment system inside the game that Apple believes is skirting the Apple Pay system, essentially allowing people to use payments in the game to keep them from using Apple Pay to make any money. Following suit, uh, Google did the same thing by dropping the game from its app stores, meaning no more can you get get them. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean people playing them now can't still play them, but it means that someone who didn't have it can't find it and can't install it onto their machines, and now they are, they being Epic Games, have officially announced they're not putting out the next season of Fortnite on the iOS devices, so no Apple will get it going forward. This will go back and forth. They're also suing Apple for just being Apple, apparently. But we'll see what happens on this one. Fortnite being one of the more popular games uh, out there in the world. I know my my nephew, all he does is play sports and play Fortnite, so that's what 14-year-old boys do these days. Uh, the, the irony of this all is that because of being dropped by Apple, Apple's doing a whole lot more to um, to promote 
the competitors to Fortnite, including PUBG, which I believe actually came out before Fortnite, but this main competitor uh, in online multiplayer mass shooting games uh, is getting more love on Apple because they dropped the more popular one, I guess, because ex-lovers scorn each other or something like that. I don't know how that goes. Uh, let's go to the number 13 story. This is a very interesting story we got from CNBC. Business is really important right now with the fact that businesses are just in flux right now. The headline from Monday the 24th that we posted was Salesforce, Amgen, and Honeywell added to Dow in major shakeup to the average. Dow Jones every so often changes out stocks because you got to stay relevant. Some stocks are dying, and not so much that they're killing the market, but they literally are dying, and the companies are dying. There are mergers that happen all the time. Things are moving around. So you have to have a certain number of stocks in there at a certain level to maintain it. And then once you've maintained, you let the stocks do their own thing. In this case, being added to the markets are Salesforce, Amgen, and Honeywell, who are doing well enough right now to replace some dying stocks on the Dow to keep things going. This may be basically a hedge to make sure that the stock market keeps going up. Uh, but as we said, it's nothing sinister about this necessarily. The shakeup may be major because some old names that you may lo- loved are going away. But it's essentially refocusing to make sure that the Dow is actually legit. Putting stocks that are doing well, that will basically do better, means the, the Dow will essentially live on, and it's not necessarily a way to just kind of juice the market up there. So for cons- conspiracy theorists and all the Robin Hood um, day traders out there, they're not trying to spook you. They are doing what they're trying to do on a normal basis. So calm down. It's all okay. Number 14, also business worth and also posted on Monday the 24th, Citigroup files third lawsuit over uh, accidental Revlon payment. So what happened with this one? Revlon got fined a big chunk of money. Citigroup manages the money for Revlon. Citigroup actually paid out money from their coffers to pay out Revlon's fine. The people that won the fine are happy. They have their money. Revlon's pretty happy because they didn't technically pay it. Citigroup, not so happy. They're suing to get their money back. We will see how this works out. I'm not sure why they can't just say, okay, we'll give your money back. But for whatever reason, Revlon has a good position of not having to pay back the money that they did not actually pay in the first place. We'll see how that works out. And at number 15 this week, uh, the headline is Milwaukee Bucks boycott Game 5 of their NBA playoff series in response to Blake's shooting. Wednesday, the 26th today, we posted this one. And this is more the aftermath of the Jacob Blake shooting. And this is the one that may be, I believe, one of the most impactful and deepest stories we actually have to cover this week. So I'm going to take a little extra time with this one, unpacking what happened. Now, Milwaukee is basically 30 miles away from Kenosha in Wisconsin. And so the so in the NBA bubble that is playing in the playing right now in the actually in the playoffs. So we'll have a champion fairly soon crowning a champion in September for basketball. Sounds ridiculous, but it is what it is this year. Uh, So after the shooting and after the the just craziness that went on the Milwaukee Bucks because they are so tied into their community and so tied into the state uh essentially had to kind of wring their hands and figure out what they're going to do about it all the while other teams were essentially saying because they're social justice minded too 
the NBA has got extremely Black Lives Matter, whether you like that or not. Uh, many other teams were talking about uh, boycotting games and play, skipping out on games and doing whatever. So what officially happened was the Milwaukee Bucks were the first team to announce they were going to forfeit the game. They're just going to not play that game. They were willing to give up that playoff game for their bit of protest. From there, the NBA just decided to cancel all games on that night and then all games the next night, all games the next night. They didn't resume play until Saturday. The WNBA quickly followed suit, and they essentially canceled their games for a few days. Uh, the Milwaukee uh, the Milwaukee Brewers, the baseball team, they decided not to play their game on that Wednesday night as well with the, with the, with the talk about the shooting uh, going on there as well. Uh, a couple other baseball teams decided not to play over the course of the day. Uh, the MLS essentially followed suit. They canceled games for a couple nights, and the, the I'm not so, so much the oddity, but in the show Solidarity, many hockey teams across the, the the nation, since hockey is both in Canada and the United States, had a lot of displays, including a lot of people taking knees, who you wouldn't expect to take knees, uh, before games and give commentary on what went on. So sports, after being shut down for so long because of COVID-19, uh, being able to go back to play, even though they're being played with no fans, shut down for essentially the tail end of the week where it really matters, where players are in their playoff mode or, or trying to um, win their championships and earn their money that, that people are complaining that they're not earning by being all social justice at all. It's a uh, it's an amazing feat, whether... I'm not going to go deep into my political view on this one. I'm going to let this let you take it as you want to and not go deep into it. But whether you are for or against the Black Lives Matter overarching theme, uh, it is an amazing thing to see, an amazing part of history, and to know that people are willing to to throw things on the line that mean a lot to them, including possible money and endorsements. It's a big thing. So before you comment on it, and I want you to actually comment, if you want to comment to me about it, we can talk deeper into my thoughts on it by going emailing us at theconversationinbox at gmail.com to go deeper into it. But before you comment about it, think about the historic nature of what has happened on top of the historic nature of what we're going through right now. 2020 has been the weirdest year ever, and I've only lived 45 of them, so I can't really attest to, to many of those. Uh, but this has been a, a, a year that no one can can basically determine what's going on, and we are ain't even close to being done yet. Although we are close to being done with this countdown. Coming up in just a moment, we'll go through the errors, omissions, apologies, and explanations. Plus, we'll talk about the Almost Relevant Story of the Week. That is story 193. And the teaser is, why y'all ain't caring about Britney? I don't understand. But you'll we'll talk about it coming up in a moment here on the Weekly Wrap-Up with Jay Cliff and Payne for the week ending August 29th, 2020. Pia Silver is a marketing expert that I have followed in various different forms and formats, uh, written form and online forms and videos and whatnot. And she describes herself as a person who schools experts who know it all about what they do, but on 
everything that they actually don't know about what they should be doing. She has worked with people to help get their businesses back in shape or in shape in the first place if they can't get them done. And she has a podcast that she's launched in the last year called uh, it's called Show Your Business Who's Boss. The purpose is it's unfiltered conversations about owning your own business and with famous bosses, sometimes just with herself explaining how things work out. Now, she has got the goods. She has the receipt. She has learned enough and grown enough and done enough through her own journeys in business to have you know tell you how to how to win how to lose how to fail how to how to succeed and she has enough friends in the business and people and contacts to talk about so the conversations are always lively always timely and of course always good for what's going on in your business this podcast is a part of my business so it's not just me yammering the microphone for for free for for just for fun there is actual a purpose to it so a lot of things that i learned from her helped me get this thing going keep it going active if you have a business or some sort of business venture or just want to find a way to turn a hobbyish thing into something more business-like you could do much worse than listening to pia and her knowledge and her words and what she has to say about it the podcast is called Show Your Business Who's Boss. Uh, she is all over the place. She's written for Forbes. She's written books, and she's all over social media as well. But you can check out her podcast by going to your favorite podcatcher or find it at her website, piasilva.com. Her website has links to her podcast. Also, how you can find more stuff about her. Maybe we want to work with her as well. So check out Pia Silva and check out Show Your Business Who's Boss. It is a, a podcast that needs no help from me, but I'm going to tell you right now, it helps me out in getting my business stuff in order. And for today, it is our Spotlight Podcast for you to check out. Third segment, time for errors, omissions, apologies, and explanations. Not too many uh, errors or apologies this week, but some explanations to go on. Now, here's a really interesting, interesting, interesting thing, say that three times fast, about the stories in the 11 through 15, the almost rans and not quite theirs. Um, we had the bumper response from number 10, uh, from number 11 to 10, of 25%. That story was that much more responsive at 10 than 11. It was actually more responsive by 25% from stories 11, 12, 13, and 14. We had a four-way tie for 11, 11, essentially, and we break the ties. We don't do ties here in this unless we have to for some reason. We break the ties by essentially the time that the that stories were posted. And we actually have a timestamp by the time it was posted. So the winner in the four-way tie was the story on Hurricane Laura posted on Thursday, the uh, 27th at 5 o'clock-ish in the afternoon. The younger story always wins. The younger story takes the top because it got to that number much faster than any play, any other story. So that's why it's there. Beating the story uh, we posted on Wednesday and two stories we posted on Monday being tied for that basic general thing. And the story that came up behind that, of course, was the Milwaukee Bucks and them boycotting the Game 5 on Wednesday. It was just slightly below uh, the score for those four stories. But this was the first time we've ever seen a four-way tie anywhere 
and it was a four-way tie for the stories that didn't really matter, which was good because then I have to explain all, all that stuff. They didn't really matter because they weren't in the actual range. The number 10 story was so far ahead of it uh, that it didn't really make a big difference of those stories. So it's amazing how that worked out for math-wise, for the nerds, parts, nerds guys out there, the nerd part of me, that's a cool math thing. And what I have to really explain is the story we have at 193. Because even though we are telling you it's 38,400% more or less responsive than the top story, it actually isn't because math with zero always screws things up to zero. The bottom story this week at 193 had a big fat goose egg in response. No response on Facebook, no response on Twitter. And this is really, really, I don't know if it's dis- so much disturbing or just kind of a head-scratching oddity. We posted a story on Wednesday, the 26th of August. Most of the times, the stories at the very bottom are stories that are the last ones to be posted, like late Thursday, early Friday, because not enough time to gain traction, but sometimes they're, they, they're cool stories that, that should be mentioned. This story was posted on Wednesday. No one clicked and hit on it. And it's one that if, and um, basically on any other weekend, would probably would gain plenty of response and probably would have been a top 15 story, in the 15, I think. Your headline is, Britney Spears' sister, Jamie Lynn, secretly named trustee of Sister's Massive Fortune. We got the story from The Blast, so it is bloggish, gossipish, all that stuff. But Britney Spears is usually a fairly popular Entity, a very popular topic when we pop it up here. It never is very, very, very bottom. It never has a zero. Now, the very quick into into this story is essentially a lot of Britney Spears talk has been going on, and there's a lot of just craziness surrounding the fact that her father is apparently still her. I guess not her benefactor. Benefactor means he gives to her. It's still uh, listed as the guardian in control of all her stuff, and looks like secretly. Her little sister, who was on her way to pretty good stardom herself until the whole teen baby thing popped up, because those things happen, uh, is going to be put in charge of her assets. Now, Britney Spears has been getting a lot of attention this week uh, because, or in the last couple of weeks, because of just sort of weirdish stories, I guess, to keep her in top of mind. But a lot of it is just showing that maybe her mind is not as great as we want it to be. Maybe she does have some troubled issues, which... If she does, we hope that she's being t- well taken care of. But the rumors of how her father is taking care of her don't lend to the belief that she's being well taken care of. Not sure what the real story is into this one. You might want to go to our website, click the link, and read it into your, on, for yourself and read into it on yourself. That means between the lines. But the story we posted this week about Jamie Lynn Spears secretly being given the trustee status to Britney Spears' money and what that may come of it is the very bottom, the almost relevant story of the week, and it's a big fat goose egg for a response. You literally wanted nothing to do with this story. I don't know why. It is what it is. As is this show for this week. It is what it is. It's done what it's done. We are going where we need to go, and that's to do other things. So thank you so much for spending your time with us this week, spending about an hour of time listening to me ramble on about what you actually wanted to talk about. And I got a chance to figure out what that was from you. All you have to do to make sure that I'm actually talking about things you want to discuss is go to thisisconversation.com's social media feeds, 
If you're a Twitter fan, we are TH underscore conversation. If you are a Facebook fan, look for This is the Conversation. Just type it out in search. We're the blue speech bubble looking thing. Click on that. Make sure we're set to be a default in your feed so that, well, you can see us. And as we pop things in your feed, about every 50 minutes or so, 50, 50 minutes or so we put a news new story from various sources across the interwebs. You just do what you do. Like it, love it, hate it, share it. Interact with the story as you want to. And the more interactions, the more engagements the story gets, the higher score it gets at the end of the week. We go from Friday to Friday, so that it is what it is. Some stories get a better chance of getting a shot than others, and some stories are just destined to make it to the top in very quick fashion. That's how it goes. This is a podcast that is powered by you, so if you want to help th- keep things powered, keep the lights on, keep things going, you can go to thisistheconversation.com slash partnerships and see about being a partner on Patreon or buy me a cup of coffee. You can also just... Click on the links for any of our sponsors or check out our sponsors via whatever support we have. And as you do that, we get a little bit off of that one. And that costs nothing extra to you. We just get a little bit of referral on that one. And as a referral, we'd like you to check out Pia Silva and her podcast. It's a great podcast if you're looking for more info on how to get your business in shape called Show Your Business Who's Boss. And it is at PiaSilva.com. Check her out. She will take very good care of you. And thank you for taking very good care of us this week as far as you know being in the whole process. Make sure you are sharing the podcast with as many people as you know. Share it with friends, share it with enemies, share it with random strangers. Break your bubble for just a little while and show folks what they can get from the conversation and then go back to your bubble because we want you safe. We need you subscribed and to listen to it. So don't don't spend too much time outside your bubble, please, but just 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 small amounts of t- bubble time is okay. As we said, make sure you yourself are subscribed and you are listening to it so you don't miss out on episodes. And that's the bulk of it. It's pretty simple. Here's the part where I say thank you three times, mumble a little bit more, say thank you three times, and then get out of here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. The Conversation Project is a labor of love, but it takes a whole lot of labor. And it's although I love to do it, it could not be done without you out there listening, contributing, and mostly just doing the work of letting me know what people are talking about grander things are ahead in store for this podcast for this project uh and we need you here so thank you for what you've done so far and thank you in advance for all the things that i know you'll love to be a part of in the future thank you thank you thank you we'll see you next week we got to get to preparation we actually already posted plenty of stories and a lot of interesting storylines popping up so far we'll see what stories will survive the weekend and maybe make it to the end of the week for next week's countdown on the weekly wrap-up with Jay Cleveland Payne. Until next week, thank you.